Hello, and welcome to Living Stones, a podcast of conversations with the people of Red Mountain Community Church. My name is Jake Audjeri. I'm the high school pastor here at Red Mountain, and I'm filling in today for our incomparable host, Pater, who couldn't be here. I applied for a job with Spirit Blade, Spirit Blade Productions, but Pater turned me down immediately, so... Uh, This is my way of getting back at him for that. So uh, if you're in our services for our recent parent-child dedications, then you've sure seen my co-host for today. It's our marriage and family pastor, the one and only Dave Amy. So Dave, welcome. Thanks, Jake. So good to have you here with us. It's so so good to be here with you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Dave, we've got a couple of questions here. The first one, we're going to jump in and dive and get really serious, and it is, would you rather wrestle a bear or an alligator, and why? Uh, Probably the bear, uh, because it would remind me of a stuffed animal, so I think I'd have a chance, but, and I don't like, the alligator would probably drown me first, so... The bear is a stuffed animal, huh? Yeah. They're kind of cuddly. Have you tried that before? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe there's a video on YouTube. Yeah. I feel like those that's a lose-lose situation. Like, I wouldn't want to wrestle either of them. Yeah, but you didn't give me the cho- choice not to wrestle. You just said pick one. That's true. <laughs> you should have just changed the <laughs> rules on me there. <laughs> Um, okay, Dave, so, so just uh, for, the, for the rest of our conversation, uh, tell us a little bit just about your job. What's, what's the most fun or natural part of your job? Uh, probably the most fun and natural part is just getting to build relationships with people. Uh, because it's marriage and family, it kind of delves into all areas of individuals' lives. And so my team, uh, it's a blessing to work with a team that gets to walk with people uh, in their journeys of life, the celebrations, and also the difficult times. So uh, it's really just, uh, it's a humbling opportunity uh, to care for people, to guide them, to encourage them. And so uh, I love my job. It's it's a wonderful part, uh, just a wonderful place to be serving the Lord. And so uh, it's great just, just being with people, getting to know them, getting to hear their stories, see how God's working in their life, and, uh, and just getting to walk with them. Because uh, it's, uh, like we talked about uh, before, it's just a journey. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so with that, then what is the hardest part of your job? Ooh, the hardest part of my job is probably um, getting up and getting the donuts for uh, Thursday morning men at 5 o'clock every Thursday. Going to Mesa Donuts and picking up donuts. I'm not a morning person, uh, so that's probably the hardest job. So do they have donuts made when you get there? They're, they're already made. I pre-order them on Monday, and then they're popping hot. Thursday morning, we go and pick them up, and we get to feed and bless the men. Uh, so if you've never been to Thursday morning men's Bible study, there's amazing donuts from Mesa Donuts there for you as a gift wow. of love. What time do you think they have to wake up to make those? Oh, probably 2. So they're probably there at 2 a.m. making donuts. Just for you, men of Red Mountain. Just for, Just the for men. you. That's how much we love the men of Red Mountain. 
Well, that's awesome. Uh, there's our shameless plug for men's Bible studies on Thursday mornings. Uh, so earlier, Dave and I sat down with one of our missionaries we've supported as a church for many years in Latvia, uh, Edgar's and his wife, Anate, uh, to hear a little bit of their story. And so here is that conversation now. All right, so here we are with Edgar's and Anate Dexness, and you guys got here last week, fresh off the plane from Latvia. How was the flight? Oh, it was a pleasant flight with two little girls, uh, two and uh, five-year-old girls, and uh, actually they surprised us uh, by the way they um, acted and. Uh, so it was really good that they had a long sleep on a plane so that we could enjoy um, flight over the ocean. <laughs> when I think about some of the funnest things that I could do, flying with two girls under 10 sounds, it's up there. It's, it's at the top of my list. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so we would just love to, to have our church just hear a little bit more about your guys' stories. And, and so, so just for both of you, uh, what was it like growing up in Latvia? Um, so we still grow up there. So just, nice. just, just so you know, we haven't moved anywhere else. Uh, Latvia is, uh, I would say, land of opportunities and uh, land of uh, needs and land of um, uh, fresh water and... Um, and uh, yeah, basically, uh, I would say that if you would come to Latvia and you've been at least once, right, um, Dave, you still, there's a still chance for you to come. <laughs> and uh, like you will, yeah, uh, you will see that Latvia is kind of a different country by many, many things. You could see really this diversity between poor and rich. Uh, you could see diversity between cities and countryside. But uh, we're a pretty small country, and uh, I can say that when I grow up, there always was this uh, um, awkward moment when Latvians needed to interact with Russians. It was right uh, after um, like a communism was uh, done in in our country, but still, Russia, a lot of Russians were in our country, and uh, even Soviet army, they needed to leave slowly Latvia. And so that that was a little bit awkward time. In the same time, many Latvians get rich, and during that time, <laughs> I don't know why, uh, they probably saw some opportunities. Uh, but uh, Latvia is still our country, and uh, we really love Latvia, and we hope that um, God will always uh, use our abilities to serve right in that country. Um, but we'll see. Life is life. Yeah. So you both you both were born and raised there. Yes. Edgar was born uh, in a bigger city, and I come from a smaller town. What's the name of your town? Salasgrieve. I'm not even going to try Yeah, it. that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> and so for me growing up, as Edgar was explaining about the tension between Latvians and Russians, I didn't experience that because it was only majority of the people that lived there were Latvians. So I had a really happy childhood, but my family didn't go to church. It was just later on that... My uh, mom, well, I was invited to go to church with a friend, and so I took my mom along, and that's how all our family journey started. Where Edgar is growing up in a bigger city, he, his whole family has always gone to church, so that's also the backgrounds that we come from are quite different. Even though Latvia is small, there's, like Edgar said, there's so many parts and so many situations and a big 
Yeah, diversity. Yeah, so that's interesting. So, Edgars, you grew up in the church. What what kind of church did you grow up in? What was that like? Uh, if I would say a word Baptist, you probably would think so many things. Uh, in in Latvia, Baptist is pretty like uh, similar to your church. Um, so, um, I would say some kind of modern uh, worship. Um, um, yeah, like uh, there, there definitely would be more like evangelical free church, something like that. Uh, um, I grew up uh, and um, like for me, Baptist church was the only experience what I had and uh, I kind of like it, but uh, I wasn't, uh, I didn't met Jesus till I was 19. So honestly, up to that age, I was going to church as a social club. Um, uh, I not always... Uh, really enjoy the music or the long preaching um, but I did enjoy girls in the church and they were different than outside the church and uh, and that was always something what stuck in my head that in the church there's actually different kind of people so I knew there is like some difference between people in the church and outside the church I didn't knew actually what exactly was the difference that that actually I was able to see later and experience myself but uh, yeah growing up um, and playing basketball a lot um, I was uh, I lived uh, in a two different worlds one was the more like basketball world and Thursday Friday Saturday hanging out with the um, with the many people um, from the those crowds and the and then on Sunday going to church so I my father would not be sad that I'm not going and uh, trying to pretend that I'm I'm a really good guy and I thought I was a good guy but uh, actually I had the problem in me and that problem was sin and just uh, not repenting and believing in Jesus Christ and uh, so um, otherwise uh, church was okay and uh, um, yeah, and I really do respect my mom and dad for them to really uh, pray for us. Uh, in the same time, allow us to go on those wilderness. Um, and thankfully, we came back from those wilderness. And uh, so that's, uh, that's um, yeah. Now, I, as I'm uh, raising two da- uh, daughters, I'm wondering uh, <laughs> what will be my actions when they will get older. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, we'll see. But uh, now thinking, like, I will be always with them until <laughs> they get married, probably. So we can save that for the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting. So you grew you grew up in the church, um, and yet you didn't come to know Jesus until you were nineteen. So share a little bit about about your childhood and what were your thoughts about God and about church and you know all of those things what what was it like for you i mean did you question in whether or not god was real or did you just think god's real but he's not really for me what what was that like for you uh, i would say uh, probably the lack of clarity in uh, what does it mean to be a christian um i think since i remember myself i knew that god exists but uh um, when I went to this camp where this American church came came to do the uh, summer Bible school, um, like for our kids in our hometown, uh, some of these guys asked our question, like, are you a Christian? And I looked at the people from our church and I said, yes, this girl, this guy, I'm going to church. So, yeah, we are Christians. 
and then someone else came and say yeah you know we we all need to make decisions i'm like yeah i agree <laughs> and then someone else came and said we're gonna pray for you and i said good for you um and so basically i think they knew my context and they knew that uh, i'm far away from christ um and but i didn't knew that um so it was interesting to meet jesus even not knowing that I am actually lacking something, uh, I'm lacking a relationship with the Savior. And uh, yeah, and I, that's why when I became a believer, I really saw the need preach gospel in the church. Sometimes we think that we need to preach outside the church, but we do need to preach gospel in the church because there are so many people who come to church, but they don't have a personal relationships with Jesus Christ. And uh, so... If I have a chance, I, I try to do that as often as possible to remind why we are here and that it's not just about coming, it's actually about believing and trusting and following our Lord and King and Savior. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting thing, you know, because I feel like a lot of times we just want to move past who Jesus is and what he's done and say, well, that's great at the beginning, but no, that always is changing us and has new things to teach us and that sort of thing. So that's cool. So walk us through them for both of you. So tell us about how did you come to faith in Jesus? What, what was that like? And you know, what, what were the steps that happened in your life to get you to where you are now? And like I said, I grew up in a family that did not go to church. And then one of my friends, when I was six years old, invited me to go to Sunday school. But I was too shy to go alone. So I asked my mom to come with me. And that's how our journey started. My mom became a believer. And when I was around 12, um, my grandpa passed away. And that summer, my mom said there's an opportunity to go to church, go to the camp. And this church is doing with um, partnering with an American church, which was Red Mountain. And I went to that um, camp and I had this Latvian small group leader that I straight asked her straight in the face, is my grandpa in heaven? And my grandpa didn't believe in God. He was a good man in this in the worldly way, how we can understand being good. And she was brave enough to tell me that from the information that you're sharing with me, most likely not. So that really, um, I kind of deep in my heart felt like that will be the answer, but I just needed someone to actually tell me that. And I decided that I don't want to end my life like that. And um, that's when I made a decision that I want to commit the rest of my life, as long as he gives me to live for him. And yeah, that's how my journey started. I was 12 years old and I starting from like 15, I've had this really like a hunger from for God's word. And ever since I've kind of I've, growing up, I was kind of a good girl. So it wasn't that hard for me to make good decisions concerning like morals and things like that. But I think the biggest thing growing uh, in Christ has been uh, him working on my pride because I was good. So remembering that it's not about your good deeds, but yeah. <laughs> there's something bigger. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Anati. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. What about you, Edgars? Oh, um, I think that uh, my my local context, my personal context, was really about not living. Uh, honest and truth uh, life and uh, and I think no uh, going back to that uh, time uh, I could say that uh, it's really hard to live out why you are created if you don't have actually Jesus in, in your heart and uh, 
And so it always has a big trouble for me to, I kind of, when I went to the parties, I thought, oh, I something lack uh, from that what people have on Sunday. And on, when I went to the Sunday, I sometimes felt like these people lacking something from those guys on the, on the, on the, Thursday or Friday or Saturday, maybe more the joy and and, and the happiness and the, but I saw there is a there is a like a two people living in myself uh, in inside in me, and so um, for me it was actually um, being brave enough to uh, um, just understood that uh, there is a problem in me and and that problem was sin and and so yeah that's why I would say that this. Uh, sharing the again and again gospel about Jesus Christ. Uh, the story was not just a story in the books or a story in the Bible, but actually a story in, in reality in people's lives. And, and now I'm actually representing this story so that uh, it's not just a story, it's a truth. And uh, so I'm thankful to, for God that... Uh, um, and, and even now, if, if I make mistakes, um, like I can come to Him not... Uh, feeling that I'm really, uh, um, yeah, I can be myself even if I make mistakes. And uh, and that's through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And that's always gives me a chance to come back to him. And, and uh, yeah, I hope this, yeah. <laughs> this answers on your question. No, that makes sense. Okay, so you both come to faith in Jesus. And now you're the country leaders for Josiah Venture in Latvia. So help us un- unpack a little bit of your story as to how you got from you following Jesus to now you're now where you are. What, walk us through what, what were the steps that got you to here and what did, what did that look like? I think Anna should start because uh, her story is, uh, I would say, longer. longer. <laughs> Nice. We like long. Yeah. <laughs> well, after after that uh, significant summer where uh, Jesus found me, I went to camps every summer, uh, and not only one camp, but there were multiple churches that were sending teams to Latvia. So, I if there were three camps happening, I would travel all around Latvia to go all th- all three camps. And so, after two years doing that, people asked me from the team. At that time, there wasn't like. A, official organization in Latvia yet, but it was starting to form. They asked if I would want to volunteer and help in the camps. And that's uh, how I started as a helper. And then when I was 16, I started to do internships. And since I remember, all my summers have been involved with uh, doing ministry through camps. And then later on, when, um, um, yeah, Scott and Lisa Runzo, when they moved to Latvia, also they, uh, Lisa discipled me and uh, been in a small group with her for years, and uh, she invested a lot of in me, and that helped me see that uh, life isn't just um, a summer, um, but you should be living out this throughout the year as well. And um, that's how I started look at life, not only making disciples and serving in the camps in the summer, but trying to do that through my daily life. I decided to become a, a teacher. I'm a preschool and primary school teacher. And uh, I looked at my job as um, also as an, an opportunity to share the gospel and and uh, yeah, try to disciple people there. And then later on when um, Kelly Hargan was already leading the team, uh, there was this new project called Fusion. And I think I could probably leave the rest of the story to Edgars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before Anate heard about Fusion, uh, I already uh, was uh, 
um, meeting with Kelly for a year and uh, Kelly was a country leader at that point and uh, we started to talk about life, about youth ministry, about um, food. Um, we Through this we kind of uh, get closer and, and he really saw that um, there is maybe possibility to um, uh, do something together. And so what we did uh, back in 2009, uh, we uh, did the first fusion camp ever. And now when we look in the Josiah Venture Ministry in the whole Central and Eastern Europe, there is uh, dozens of uh, uh, fusions all across the Europe. But uh, Latvia was the first place where first fusion camp ever happened. And so after this camp in 2009, um, Kelly again sat down with me and he said, hey, uh, would you be interested actually to do fusion ministry throughout the year, not just camp? And so I said, yeah, why not? And uh, and then he helped me with a certain team. And Anita was part of this team who came in our, our church because at that point I was pastor in a church where was um, no youth. And so I was a youth leader, youth pastor uh, without youth. <laughs> and so it was really interesting uh, situation. And Fusion, uh, when we did Fusion, we actually were able to see that there are so many young kids who come to Fusion who have no church background. And we saw this as a great opportunity. And uh, <clears throat> and so basically we did Fusion uh, project and uh, that was back in 2009. And um, since that moment, uh, now it's like 10 years already for Fusion in Latvia. Uh, but uh, on, on this path, uh, we even did a church planting um, like a five, uh, five years or even now even six years ago. Uh, there were some people from Fusion, and so we saw that uh, they have a hard time to actually get involved in a local church. And um, at that point, we were not so wise. I think nowadays we'll think, okay, how can we more integrate them in that existing church? But we thought we're really wise, and we're going to go out and do church planting, actually, with with no experience. And uh, there was some success. And in the same time, there was uh, many lessons what we learned. And uh, now we definitely look at the life a little bit different. And then um, joining JV at the, at the end of 2009. Um, so I was responsible for fusion ministry. I was local church pastor. And then slowly Kelly Hargan involved involved me more and more in the context of leadership of organization and um, so we developed a good team and then um, a couple of years ago he saw that uh, their time um, has passed and they need to go back to USA and um, so he asked me and uh, or let's say he asked uh, us to take over the leadership of uh, JV in Latvia and so, yeah, this is the third year already when we do this responsibility. Wow. Okay, so I've got a couple of questions. Number one, can you unpack for for us what is fusion? What's fusion ministry, and what is that? What does that look like? Imagine uh, forty people, young people from age thirteen till eighteen, uh, getting together on a weekly basis, uh, having a rehearsal together. They, there's people who from uh, from church, uh, certain people who help them learn different music instruments like acoustic guitar, bass guitar, electric guitar, drums, singing, uh, drama, uh, dancing, all different kinds. In the same time, they all together create this uh, choir. So you can't really join just for a bass workshop or I will just play bass. No, 
you need to be ready to be part of choir. You can be silent or you can sing really uh, quiet, but uh, you still need to be part of uh, choir. And so this is like uh, every week rehearsal happening, uh, workshops uh, sometimes happening. And uh, during these uh, rehearsals, um, there is a leaders who are sharing good news about Jesus Christ, um, like a small devotional. At the same time, there is a fellowship, like all different aspects like of church, you know, it's a fusion kind of church, but uh, it's actually happening in the church. And through this ministry, we have seen that many young people who have no church background actually wants to join, you know, and uh, the hardest thing is to um, hold them or uh, help them to grow in Christ. And um, that's the biggest challenge. But in the same time, uh, this uh, just gives so much opportunities to reach out those young people who would not naturally come into the church building. And again, you need to understand the context. Uh, I would say in many American cities and families, church is normal thing. Even if you go more south, like the same Texas, you know, like like everyone goes to church. Uh, reality in Latvia is that maybe every person's grandmother was or still is in the church and praying for them. But uh, for youth to be in the church, it seems like a mm, waste of time, you know. And so that's why if you can have a tool what really attracts young people in the church, that is something really good what you need to um, uh, use for a, for a kingdom of God. Yeah. So I hope th- this helps. Yeah. No, that does. Dave was just telling me that he really wants to dance at a fusion <laughs> concert in the future. So, Save the date. Save the date. That's right. <laughs> okay, so so you guys are now overseeing all of the different missionaries in, in Latvia uh, for Josiah Venture. So what's been, what's been some of the, the hardest, uh, what's, been, what's been a struggle for you as you've, as you've stepped into this role? Yeah, now you sound like a real Latvian because you start with the hardest thing. Do you want to go? Do you want to go one of your favorite things first? Yeah, it's more okay. American. What's been know? one of your favorite things? <laughs> we'll go American here. Yeah, um, I think favorite things is that uh, just that we God can use us for for His uh, kingdom, and we can use our gifting and help our families and uh, kids, even from the young age, to actually be part of the missionary team. Um, that's not normal in Latvia, at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hope that um, some of these kids, and I hope maybe a lot of them, will become missionaries someday too. Um, that I think that's one of the really exciting things. The second probably will be working with so many different churches mm-hmm. uh, and see even many of them maybe come from the same congregation. There are still huge differences. Uh, you know, pastors are so different. Um, and and like this all difference, this spectrum, this body of Christ, like what you need to kind of find the common thing uh, in this uh, difference, you know. Um, so that's a that's a really interesting and uh, and uh, I would say exciting thing because you never know. Uh, you, like it it never gets boring, at least for us. Yeah. Nice. Okay, and so now let's go Latvian here. What's been what's been one of the hardest things as uh, you've as you've stepped in? Leading people. Okay. So people people brings the joy and people brings the um, yeah. I'm looking for the right word. Tears. Huh. So, 
and that's why I do respect people who are leading other people. Um, and I think when you are being called to lead someone else, you learn so much. Um, and I think, first of all, you learn about yourself and how much you need Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah, that's, that's good, man. You, you can use this for Twitter later. Okay, great. Dave, write it down. I, I, I already tweeted it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so tell us, uh, what, are you, what are you dreaming about as you think about the future of Latvia, and what, what do you want to see God do there? Hmm. Um, one of the things that we dream about is uh, Vision 555. And that's mean in five years, 50 missionaries being placed in all five regions of Latvia. And now we have a 21 missionary. We have um, we are on the third year on this uh, vision, and we are in three regions. So there's still time for us to uh, go, but uh, we just wanted to point this out that we really want to be um, honest and really going after these things like. Um, uh, even ourselves, we're going into a region where we have no uh, no missionaries placed yet. We we meet with the local pastors, youth leaders, just understand the environment and context, what is there. Uh, we really hope that uh, one day um, churches will be so excited about every single missionary who is in our team, and they will say something like this, if this missionary would not be in our church, we would definitely would not receive these blessings what we're receiving now. Mm-hmm. And so it's mostly it's about discipleship, that there is a people, singles or families, uh, younger or older, who really are ready to uh, cl- come close to local church and help them make disciples uh, and model as they um, making disciples. So that's my dream, that there will be so many disciple makers in Latvia and that would really transform society. Yeah. One of the things I love about what you're sharing is, is your heart for the local church. And so tell us, tell us a little bit more about that. Where does that come from and where, you know, what, how does God seem to be stirring that in you? Yeah, <clears throat> I'm really patriotic, if that's the word in English. And um, I still, uh, this local church where I uh, was baptized, um, actually it's Leopaya, Pavla church where Red Mountain does uh, camps, uh, um, fusion camp. Um, I really, I really love this church. This is my like a home church. Yeah. And, uh, and since that day when I was, became part of this camp, uh, church, um, I felt like there is a really huge need for people to be uh, all in for the local church and probably it was christ i I don't think there was something special in me that i became so uh, like a cheering for local church i think that was christ Uh, but just seeing how how many people are easily moved from one one church to different church uh, i see that there's a there's a really um, huge need for people to step away from uh, Swedish table idea that I come and pick what I want and then leave to the next table. I think there is the need for actually going deeper and be open with other uh, church members. Um, if there is something what needs to be addressed, like certain sin in leadership or in the colleagues or in the church, like 
I think when you are ready to step deeper uh, in this community, uh, in the local church, there is so many blessings will come out. Even it will be messy. It could be and it will be many times uh, messy. But it's still Bride of Christ. And there is something unique about local church. Um, and that's why if there is someone who is listening to this podcast and thinking, oh, maybe I should leave the church, say, um, I don't think so. I think, you st- first of all, you need to fight um, fight for um, for the church and for the bride of Christ. And, and if there is anything that you need to receive some answers on your questions, then go to leadership and ask these questions. But... Uh, Local church is not a Swedish uh, table thing. When you, if you don't like music, you leave. Um, that's not the context. Um, local church is the bride of Christ, and uh, we need to be together. At some point, it could be that we'll need to leave and go to a different church. But um, for me, it's hard to understand that if there is no sin involved, that you would leave. Um, local church in your neighborhood and go to the church next to this church and like uh, live like nothing happened like that's for me personally it's really hard so um yeah i think uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's it <laughs> yeah well, no i mean well it's just interesting because you talk about that a lot and we can just tell that that's something that you've thought a lot about and it seems like it's something you're passionate about and so it's just cool for us to hear that as that's a value of here at red mountain as well is that jesus seems to care a lot about the local church and um yeah i appreciate you sharing so tell us um how can we uh our listeners and here at red mountain how can we be praying for you guys as in this next season and you know summer's coming up which i think that's a busy time for camps but then also just for the rest of the year as well how can how can we support you in prayer and and joining with what god's doing there uh, yeah you definitely can pray for this uh, east latvia region where anette and i were uh, visiting every month so even when we'll come back from uh USA trip uh, on the same weekend we're gonna go to Latgale that's the name of that region and uh, like you can pray specifically for guy Rudolfs um, he's 15 year old guy who I met two months ago in this region uh, by suggestion of my uh, wife uh, to actually go and talk with this guy and so he's not Christian and um, so you could pray for a miracle that uh, as we continue to visit this region and uh, talking with this guy that uh, um, next time when I will be here, I will, I will be able to uh, say that he's a brother of us in Christ, yeah. you know. So um, God knows uh, his situation, but uh, I, we really enjoy to be back in trenches and, and, and meet people who don't know Jesus. It's so exciting. Um, and uh, you just see huge need for people for uh, for Christ even if they don't know that they need a Christ you know so yeah, yeah. so you okay, can so pray for, for Rudolph's for Rudolph specifically yeah. and for our family as we travel there that we would be uh, used by God and uh, see the need in that region yeah well that's great you guys uh, we just want to say thanks so much it's always a joy for us to hear just from you guys and to hear about all that God's doing there and it's always a blessing for us as a as as the bride of Christ here, partnering with you as you're on the ground floor over there. And so we're just, we appreciate you so much. And um, 
and we just want to commit to be praying for you all in this next season. And so thanks so much for taking some time to uh, sit with us and share your heart and about what God is doing over in Latvia. We're, we're super blessed by it. And thank you for invitation and uh, support and uh, generosity uh, towards Latvia, towards our family, and uh, towards the kingdom of God. Um, your church has been a blessing, and uh, it, uh, I hope it will continue to be a blessing for many, many uh, people, uh, not just in Latvia, but through Latvians, even in other countries. So uh, thank you, uh, you guys, and thank you, everyone who is listening. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's our joy. Well, thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dave. Well, that was really awesome. It's cool to hear just more of their heart and just some of their story. And so what what stood out most to you? Uh, It was neat to hear Eggers talk about the local church and how important that is and how we can really take that for granted when we make it about ourselves. And so it was neat to hear uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ across the world um, just emphasizing the importance of your local church. And I just thought that was, uh, made me think, again, what a gift it is. Yeah. And one of the things that stands out to me too, I mean, even just as we think about the local churches, when we send teams over there, we're not just working with individuals, but we're working with local churches in which God is moving and the Spirit and the Spirit is leading people to different things. And so we just get to, in a very real sense, partner with what God's already doing there through the local church. And so I just so appreciated the way that Edgar's uh, communicated that for us. Yeah, it was it, it was also humbling too, just to see how God you know takes people from America and sends them across the pond and. Uh, to hear Anate talk about how Red Mountain was pivotal in her coming to know the Lord. Uh, what a neat, neat story to hear that uh, because of faithful servants here, uh, knowing that the mission of God isn't just for Mesa, uh, mm-hmm. but it's for all around the world, that we could send somebody overseas that would impact somebody that would one day become a missionary whose dream was to create disciples who create disciples. It's just, it's just amazing to me just how big the, big the church is uh, when we think it's so small. And to think about how many other countless stories there are of that happening that we'll never hear about, and yet God is so faithful to be moving. Yeah. One of the other things that I really appreciated was uh, just how he talked about the reality that, that the good news of Jesus is not something that you learn about once and believe once and then move on from. But it's actually, no, this is something that we always keep coming back to, that, that we're being reminded about who He is and what He's done, and that, that that continues to affect us day after day. Absolutely. Yeah, the journey is so real, and it's, and it's just neat to see that our brothers and sisters far away are feeling the same thing. So it just shows the new unity, um, even though we're not close. Yeah. Wow. Well... That was super cool for us to be able to sit and to listen and learn from them. And um, so thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Uh, so we want to review this month's poll. Uh, and there is a correct answer here. Uh, and I'm sad to say that the church got this wrong, you guys, as you answered this, <laughs> answered incorrectly. So the question was, what is your favorite summer destination? And 54% of you said the beach and 46% of you said the mountains. And the correct answer here um, is the mountains. And so 
uh, we're going to have to have a talk with the 54% of you who got that wrong, but you know what? It's church discipline. We'll take care of it. Yeah. You'll be hearing from us in a stern way. Lots uh, of emails. Yeah, lots of emails. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at My Red Mountain, and mountain is spelled M-T-N. And we hope this has been a blessing for you, and we will see you on Sunday. Can I make a pater joke or no? Yeah. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, this is our one this is, Yeah, he has no control. Can I make the, gotta get all weird and wacky. <laughs> <laughs> that was. <laughs> we should have ended with that. Yeah.